0: Hey everyone, it's Allison Jordan. We're just popping in to say we have our one-day conference coming up on October 26th, 2024, and we're really excited about it. What's it called? Being a therapist in 2024, carving out a space to pause in a rapidly
1: changing world. The day is going to be about acknowledging what it is like to be a therapist right now while learning and also connecting to other therapists. Everything you love about Edge of the Couch, but in person. And we're so excited to be meeting at the Jane headquarters in North Vancouver, not only because, as you know, we love Jane, but also because the venue
0: space is so perfect for us. There's enough people that introverts can kind of do their own thing, you know, big enough that you can get lost in the crowd, but small enough that you can talk to every single person if you wanted to. Yeah, it's going to be a perfect mix intimate but yeah
1: yeah it's gonna be really really great we'll also be there obviously so we'll be networking with everyone connecting with everybody welcoming you there on the day Uh, and we've said it a million times but we are so excited to meet you in person you can find tickets right now at eventbrite so you can go to eventbrite and search for edge of the couch or search for being a therapist in 2024 or you can find tickets through our link in our bio on instagram at edge of the couch
0: pod And if you buy tickets before June 30th, we have an early bird pricing. There is a limited number of early bird tickets, though, so you might want to jump on that. As we've been
1: planning this conference, Jordan and I have been reminiscing about attending the Evolution of Psychotherapy conference together when we were still students and how it was such a formative experience and it really cemented our friendship and we like go back to that in our heads all the time and we shared such Mm -hmm. special moments there, so... Uh, Don't feel like you have to come alone. Bring a friend, bring a classmate, come with your cohort. Um, We'd just love to see you there. See you there. This podcast is not training or supervision. This is an invitation to delve into these really big topics. When we are talking about clients, please know it is not you. It is a weaving together of stories that come up over and over again.
0: With Edge of the Couch, we are here to create a space to delve into the topics that were either shied away from or dismissed because they were too big, too nuanced, too risky, or too uncomfortable to discuss in school or even supervision. We are two passionate therapists sharing our personal opinions about the therapeutic process.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back to Edge of the Couch. I am Allison McCleary. I'm Jordan Pikel. And today we are talking about when you want to be friends with your client.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit about when you want to be friends with your client and when they wanna be friends with you. Mm-hmm. And how that can feel different. Which one should we start with? I
1: think we should start with when we want to be friends with the client. Okay, let's go there. I like most of my clients, that desire to be close and be friends with the client. It also is kind of rare. I said that when I talked about disliking clients, it's not a common occurrence for me. And it's similar when it comes to the sense of desiring friendship. And with that said, there have definitely been clients who have come to my therapy space. And I've been like, man, I wish we could be friends. Mostly it's been like women in my similar age group. Yeah. Who I just find to be like really cool. Yeah. Friend chemistry there. It's almost like a crush, Mm -hmm. like a non romantic crush. Yes. I wish that we could hang out and they
0: seem cool. That has happened for me. What about you? To me, wanting to be friends with my client, there's a very particular energy around it. Yes. Like that friendship chemistry, whether it's just we're on the same wavelength, I can feel myself wanting to disclose more or actually disclosing more about what I think, my political opinions. Yeah. What comes up in my friendships. Yeah. that I use in the therapy, but mm-hmm. that is one of the markers for me that comes out when I can tell that I want to be friends with the client. It's so important to acknowledge that it happens at all and then also to get
1: good at acknowledging when it's happening to you in real time because it can get in the way of the work. Mm-hmm. Despite being as well-intentioned as we're probably being, it can confuse
0: the process, I think. How do you know you're wanting to be friends with the client? Like what comes up either internally or externally? Yeah, internally, it's like a bubbling sense of
1: chemistry. Wow, we zinging. I don't know, like we get along really well. Maybe like an acknowledgement in my mind, like if we met outside of the space, we'd be friends or I think yeah. we'd be friends or hope yeah. we'd be
0: friends. I'm almost disappointed we've met in this context because we can't be. Especially being in a small town, I imagine, mm. where it's like we could have met. When I first met my partner, our kind of worlds began to
1: merge of realizing how connected he was to some of my clients. I really could have met them organically, yes. socially, but I didn't. I happened to meet them in this other way. And of course, my partner having no idea who these people are, <laughs> of course, like yeah. not knowing. If I had started dating him six months earlier, they would never be my client because we would have met at these parties or whatever. So, you know, as campfires. So it is when you're in a small town, just community is so so much a part of it. That makes it not so outside of reality. It's not like in Vancouver, say, where you maybe never would have
0: met that person socially. There's a good chance I would have met someone socially. And for me, there's there's actually this, oh, I'm so glad I got to meet this person. I wouldn't have met them otherwise. Yeah. I genuinely enjoy them.
1: That's a cool thing, I
0: think, about being a therapist
1: is you get to meet people from like kind of these sections of life, these like pie Slices of life that you maybe wouldn't have. People who are like so outside, like not in your age category. Yeah, they do different work. They run in completely different circles. There's a bit of a gift in being a therapist. Yeah. So, like I feel closest with like a 68 year old man who I otherwise never would have encountered, or a 14 year old girl. Like our worlds
0: would never have naturally collided. So there's like yeah. a gift in that collision. I enjoy being with them, and I'm so glad I met them. And there's something. Very special about having the time together that if we actually um, were friends, the dynamic would be different. How does that get in the way of the work when we feel that sort of friend chemistry? The chatting back and forth as if we're at tea thing can be a bit of a problem. Yeah, I agree.
1: You know, like the walk from the waiting room into the seat, I think is the very like, oh my gosh, the weather, hey, la, la, la. did you see the dee dee? And then you sit down and then you're in it. And if if that like transfers over into the hard 50 minutes of therapy time and you're still just
0: chatting as if you're at a coffee shop, that can be problematic. Yeah. It's like an an avoidance of some of the deeper stuff because I like this feeling of going back and forth like it is we're talking over coffee. Yeah. There can be this collusion of avoiding the deep stuff. How much of the session is taken up by that kind of conversation? Totally. We have much shorter time to actually get into the depths Am I going to struggle to challenge this person? Yeah. Am I going to
1: avoid tricky questions? Because I think we're up in this place of we enjoy each other so much and I'm scared to ask the risky or, or important question here's a good indicator that maybe it's become problematic if you're scared to name it to the client. Mm-hmm. If you're scared to say, huh, wow, I find that we spend a lot of time doing this type of talk, which is not therapy. If you're scared to say that because you're scared of risking the friendship feeling, mm. that's a really good indicator that maybe it's starting to get in the way. Tell me when you name it and how you explore that with the client. Well, there's two things that come up for me. So one is that generally it gets named when the client names it. To me, yeah, me too, yeah. Which is not me saying like I wish we were friends. Um, Maybe I've said that, but I can't remember. Versus like when a client has said to me like I wish we had met met a different way. Or they ask like what are the what are the specifics around when we can be friends? Like what's the timeline? You know, they're like really querying for information. So that's one way. And then a second way is when. I might name like, oh, I find us up here having these really shallow, for lack of a better word, conversations. That's not therapy. So is it that we're avoiding
0: something together or is it that maybe you just don't need therapy right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's also risky. Like, I'm going to miss you. I I want you to stay in therapy because I just enjoy
1: our relationship. Yeah. And I've had that with a client who was very upset when I was like, we aren't doing therapeutic work. So maybe that means you just don't need therapy, right? And it had been like a series of weeks and we had talked about it. And and then them coming back months later and being like, that felt like you broke up with me and that you didn't want me anymore, right? Okay. I did not navigate that. Again, I was a younger therapist and less seasoned, but it Mm -hmm. is really delicate.
0: Always. It always is. We're human and our brains – register the connection just like any other relationship we can talk about how the therapeutic relationship is different than friendship yeah but oh this feels good it's connecting it's energizing easy well eh, easy well i guess you're right like the the chemistry we're kind of going back and forth and yeah feels good and there's a flow all those things yeah i find that for me the friendship energy often comes from, yeah, people in my age group. But I also find, and maybe this is about me and something that I need to do in my own therapy, but I find some of the people that I gel with the most, not always true, but some of the people that I gel with are people who are deeply alone in their lives. Mm -hmm. We're very alone, maybe very depressed. That feels really tender. I assume it's reciprocated you know, it's hard who names it first. And it, is it mm-hmm. true? Like if you name the friendship energy and they say, yeah, yeah, we can't know hundred percent that they feel the exact same way. And I have had clients name the friendship energy and I have not felt that. Yeah, me
1: too. And I have pretended to
0: feel it. What happens when a client wants to be friends with you? How does that show up for well, you? You start, you start. Okay. Well, they bring it up. I think that that's what we're talking about here. There can be friend energy, friend chemistry, but we're talking about really when a client names it. Yes. Oh, it feels like we're friends or I wish we could be friends. There Mm -hmm. are clients, they name it. There's that feeling of, I agree. Thanks for naming it. Let's talk about it. And then there's this other group of clients where you're naming it. I don't feel that way. Yeah. It's not that
1: you dislike the client. No. No you still have adoration and care for them it's just that you haven't had that thought of i wish i was friends with them outside of this space that you might have had with that first group of people
0: i don't name it that way but i feel like i do respond differently in that when a client says that they want to be friends and i too want to be friends i'll be like yes me too and let's talk about that in a therapeutic relationship it is a real connection and it can feel like we're friends or that we want to be friends and these are the boundaries of the relationship and i talk about the boundaries of the relationship either way but I just acknowledge, yeah, me too, with yeah. clients that I also feel that. And so what if you don't feel it? If I don't feel it, like I said, I sort of just skip ahead. Okay. <laughs> I get that. Like I can feel that. That's a completely normal. That's a completely normal response. I see. That curiosity and that that longing and we long for connection and this is real connection. These are the boundaries of the relationship. But I don't go like, me too. I would love to be friends. I think I have. How has that gone down?
1: Well, first of all, sometimes it surprises me. Yeah. Sometimes clients say it. I'm like, we were edging towards this moment. I could feel that energy coming because I feel it. You feel it. There's like this bi-directional flow. And then sometimes a client will say it and I'm surprised that they said it because it doesn't seem like they think of me in that way. Yeah. And I don't have the energy flowing. And so I'm a little like, ugh. And I do know that there's been times where I'm like, totally. And then after I'm like, but I don't feel in that same way. And I think it's more about feeling on the spot and wanting to save feelings. Of course, yeah. You know, if you just said to your therapist, like, I really wish we were friends. And then your therapist is like, of course you do. That makes sense. (laughs) They <laughs> you know that I feel kind
0: yeah. of rebuffing, like uh, wait, I think what? They do a better job than that. <laughs> sure of course, doing. you do because you wouldn't want to be? Thirsty. I mean,
1: <laughs> if I'm them, that's what I would have heard. You oh, know, okay. I could have. I think you're heard. very
0: perceptive. <laughs> I mean, they I hope the, the clients don't think that. that. I mean, there's. I should say that there's this other in betweeny level. Mm-hmm. where people will say, I feel like we could be friends. Yeah, I feel a little bit of that energy and I know that we just wouldn't. Do you say that to the client? No, no, no. Of course oh. not. Oh my God. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we would not be friends for the following reason. <laughs> but it just, okay. you know, like, oh, I can feel that chemistry, but yes, yes. I just know that if you met me in real life, that you, your idea of me, yes. is not how I actually show up in relationships and- <laughs> Of course, I'm this all accepting, always interested in what you have to say and non-judgmental. And I'm just not like that as much as a friend. I'm not as responsive. You know this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is the joke we talked about before recording, which is that you're really bad at texting back consistently. It's
0: a thing I'm working (laughs) on.
1: (laughs) A client would maybe assume that you'd be just as receptive in friendship. Yeah. That actually you're a person who has to be texted like, twice or thrice before you hear back from and that that might be that they have this expectation of you that is so different from the reality and that
0: it could be disappointing for them. Oh, it, it for sure would be. The thing I say to people too, when I'm talking about the boundaries of the therapeutic relationship is that in some ways, It's so different, but it's also like more intimate sometimes. Totally, totally. And so I also reframe it as the type of intimacy that we have in this space is so special. If we were actual friends, it would not feel like this because you wouldn't be as open. I would be less vulnerable with you in that. Well, and there's this
1: sense that despite how human you and I work to be in the room, we're not, we don't put ourselves. we try not to put ourselves on a pedestal. We're still idealized in some way. I'm going to disappoint you sometimes. I'm going to mess up. If you're my friend, you know, I'm going to say the wrong thing sometimes. You're not going to like me as much, I don't think. Because you're going to get so much more of the like yucky, messy, ugly parts of
0: me that Mm -hmm. don't show up here because I'm working. As somebody who sees the therapeutic relationship as an example of how we show up in other relationships, sometimes if it's not reciprocated, the idea that to them it feels like friend energy and to me it doesn't makes me go, okay, what are your expectations of friendship? Sure. You feel really listened to here and with your friends, it's a two-way relationship and that your friends exactly. are going to expect more from you than I do. And reasonably expect yes. more from you. Yeah, And that's the thing. It's no matter what, there
1: is an imbalance in power in money flow, and also just in who has revealed what. I know so much about them and they know only what I have chosen to kind of reveal that feels connected to their stuff.
0: I think depending on your registration or, or license or just where you live, there mm-hmm. are written guidelines around yeah. what is called dual relationships Early on, again, when I was a green therapist,
1: I would go to those numbers with clients. Me too. Like, oh,
0: would, my gosh. I, what a mistake. Like,
1: unfortunately, like, it, we, it would have to be 24 months after our last da 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 which just sets your, yourself up for a little bit of failure because it makes them go, oh, perfect. So eventually, we'll be friends. There's the sense of like, oh, I would. I will want to after this time period. And now I don't even talk about that. I'm just like, we can't have friendship in that way. Ever. And here's why.
0: Ever. Like maybe being in a small community, I think about, yeah, a small town, but also the feminist community in a larger city, the feminist community or the queer community or specific communities of color or speaking specific languages. It is a very small group of people and we might meet socially in the same spaces, which has happened to me a ton. Yeah. And to me, that's very, very different. And we can have an episode about that. absolutely is. But we're not going to have this intimate friendship. That's never going to happen. No. Friendly, sure. Mm -hmm. Friendly,
1: sociable. Oh my gosh, this line is so long for the farmer's market. You know, whatever. Up here stuff. But the deeper stuff, absolutely not. What about when a client says not, I wish we were friends, but you are my friend or you're my best friend?
0: That hasn't happened to me as much, which is interesting because, like I said, some of the people that I resonate most with, um, not always, but are people who are really lonely and the therapy relationship is one of the only spaces of connection. And I have people name that a lot, that I feel connected here in a way that I don't feel connected with anybody else in my life. Yeah. Maybe that's your way of saying friendship. I don't have youth clients, so maybe that's part of it. Oh, the people who have said this to me have not been youth clients. Is there a pattern of people who say it?
1: It's only been said to me by women, Mm -hmm. older than me, women, who are very lonely and have maybe divorce in their story or separation or death of a spouse, like those types of things. When people say, I wish we could be friends, there's almost like an invitation for conversation or a tentativeness that invites feedback. Yeah, let's talk about that. But sometimes I'll have clients say it in such a way that it doesn't feel like they're even open to the back and forth. kind of like, well, we're friends.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: But you know, like I come here and we're friends. It's like it's a throwaway
0: like, comment too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and I'm like, whoa, 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 what? We have to talk about that. Hmm. Do
1: you go back? It depends on the moment. It depends on the person. Again, hearing what they're saying and also going like, huh, do I come back to that? Do I talk about it? The one person I'm thinking of, it came up a couple of times and then I had to be like, we need to talk about this. Like what's going on here? And then there's a couple others where it just, it was one time kind of off the fly and, and then we, we never circle back to it if I feel this frantic need to go back, is that for the client or is that about me? Maybe it's therapeutically helpful to go back and maybe it's not. Okay, the client thinks we're friends. I'm never going to see them outside of this space. I'm not going to call them or respond to an email on the weekend from them. So we're not friends. Yeah. Maybe I don't have to like be like, hey, hey, hey.
0: <laughs> Look, I have to rewind you here for a second. You know, maybe yeah. I can just
1: let it go and and let it just be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also just depends on like, I'm pretty specific about the language. And then I say that up front. like this connection is real. This connection is important. And I say that in my consultations, I say it often in the work, which is that this relationship, the therapeutic relationship is a model for how you show up in other okay. relationships. Yeah. And I say, even though it's different, this can be a place where we get to play and experiment practice. And so maybe that's part of it is I, I mm-hmm. sort of front load The relationship is so important and it's different, and that's just something I kind of say over and over.
1: When I think about love, like the love that I have for you as a friend or for my partner, for my parents, my nibblings, if you will, this different Mm -hmm. flavor of love that I have for my clients that is so special. I don't want to taint it with the friendship stuff because I literally wrote, I think you said this in my notes. I wrote, are you kidding? This is way better.
0: (laughs) Which is like, what does that like, say about you or me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and friendship, yeah. But there is something just like, I don't know, pure is a word that comes to mind, but not in a gross way, but just special and kind of magical. And the space is created in such a way that you don't get in a lot of other relationships. Yeah. We can talk about our relationship in a way that doesn't feel as risky. There isn't the sense of threat of the relationship ending if we name what's going on that I think can exist in other
0: relationships. So I don't know. From just our perspective. Difficult. From my perspective. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 We yeah. Can my name like, something. Oh, are you gonna break up with me? Which happens. Well, right? we can name something coming up in them, but we mm. like I'm realizing as we're talking, maybe mm. on some level, for me, it feels safer to connect with somebody when they are not expecting me to share more of myself. <laughs> you know? Oh we talk about the therapeutic relationship being the model of other relationships, also the way we show up. Sure. And what our responses are to different clients and the things that annoy us and the things that interest us and have us leaning further forward. Yeah. I get to connect in this very, very deep way and they don't expect me to show up with the same vulnerability that some of my friends do. Almost all my friends are therapists. <laughs> yes. You know, also they we have high expectations of sharing vulnerable things about ourselves. Yes. And yes. so the expectations in my friendships of how I show up is very high. Again, like yeah. you said, it and it feels risky. It feels risky to actually actually reveal those parts of myself in totally. my actual friendships because it is like, oh, if I if I do reveal those parts of myself, how are you going to respond to that versus a therapeutic relationship where that's exactly – it's perfectly built for me to avoid totally. sharing.
1: And you and I share more than a lot of other therapists yeah, do. Yeah. Even in saying that, like there are therapists who share even – I mean, I remember in training having some therapists say like, I do not believe in self-disclosure. Which so I'm they're like, and I know. So they're not sharing any part of themselves yeah. really is my understanding of that and how – I wonder what that's like for them you know, you don't have
0: to share anything. Wow. You're just never vulnerable. And talk about, yeah, talk about showing up in the therapeutic relationship as you do in other relationships, that Mm -hmm. it's like a refusal to show up as yourself. And then also I wonder, do you just not have that friendship chemistry with any of your clients? And what does that mean about you of the fact that you're like, no, I don't have that. For me, it's just, it's more a business relationship versus something that is intimate. Intimate. Intimate, and it's a it's an encounter. It's an intimate uh, encounter. Yeah.
1: Versus a business transaction. Not in every single client, but but over the spectrum of clients, we're gonna hit on like every human experience, yeah. kind of emotional experience on the wheel. Like there are gonna be clients that we dislike, clients we feel super close to, clients who remind us of X, Y, Z, clients that we're attracted to, clients that we dream about, clients that we see. Like the whole wheel of things is gonna happen, yeah. and so. Well, maybe. I don't know. Like if you're working with a population, like I don't know, if you're working 100% in a forensic population with only with offenders of like say sex crimes or something, maybe you never, maybe you never think, I wish I could be friends with these people. But if you're working in private practice and you're seeing more of a general population, it's hard for me to believe that not one single client is someone
0: that you would want to be friends with. Mm Mm-hmm it does make me wonder, are you just denying what is there yes, yes. of just this idea as therapists, we're not supposed to want to be friends with our clients and, oh, it's a very different relationship and, oh, it's unethical. So don't even name the fact that you have these feelings. Yeah. Because it's wrong to even want that. I'm In air quotes. You know, we talk about you can't bring it up in super supervision. I think a lot of supervisors would be okay with naming that, like out of the so. spectrum of Responses like being attracted to your client or disliking, hating them, them. Yeah. feels way more vulnerable than admitting, like, "Oh, I I want to be friends with this client, and what do I do about that?" But yeah. I could see That's- that a lot of therapists hold back or deny that within themselves because we're not supposed to feel that way. Tell me this: Have you referred somebody on or ended the relationship because of the friend energy, not because oh we stopped doing the work? But have you ever like, oh, this no. is too? Yeah, me neither.
1: No because i think i can be honest with myself to have supervision or at least peer supervision so i can work to manage that if you're not becoming friends with the client or it's not impeding the work it's okay to have the feeling if you notice yourself having a sense of i wish i could be friends with this client i wish we'd met in a different way it's super normal it's okay to name it and talk about it and if you can't name it to your supervisor you know hopefully you can name it to some peers that will understand Because the naming it helps us to be held
0: accountable to some degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When clients say to you that they want to be friends with you, have a response ready. Yeah. It's good to have a stock phrase. It does feel vulnerable to me every time that somebody brings up the friendship piece, even if I am very solid in how I feel about it and what I'm going to say. Yeah. And (laughs) it feels important because you know that you have to in that moment handle it well. Yeah. Because it could rupture if
1: you don't handle it in a way that's safe. And
0: if you're like, Ugh, I don't want to be your friend. Yeah. Like this isn't therapy. That actually happened to me. Now that I'm thinking the mm. one time that somebody ran out was because we really skated over things. This was me in practicum. And then my supervisor was like, tell them that you need to put together a treatment plan. Yeah. And so I was like, this isn't therapy. And she stormed out. Yeah. yeah it has the potential to
1: be rupturing if not handled properly. And so it is good to be authentic and real, but also have a bit of a sense of how you answer and don't talk about the timeframe. It just is not the best thing to go to. So don't bring up how many years until you can be friends because that's not what the client needs in that moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like a way of trying to skip over the vulnerability and then you just get yourself in worse trouble. Yes. Yeah. And then you have this thing where your client thinks that after two years, they can reach out to you and you can be friends. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine somebody reaching out to me now?
1: That would be hard to manage too. Mm -hmm. Like a whole thing. Yeah. This is a much more
0: complex issue than I think I realized when we started recording. Mm -hmm. We're so curious about what came up for you. Mm -hmm. You can send us an email at connect at couch.com, Send us a DM over Instagram and we will... See you next time. See you next time.
1: Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at connect at edgeofthecouch.com to tell us what you think, ask a question, or let us know what type of episode
0: you'd love to hear. You can even send us a voice note for us to play in a future episode. You can support us by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, sharing the show with a friend, or supporting us on Patreon. Join us next time at the Edge of the Couch.